0: The games. Starting defense. Place at the table. This is Football Sunday on The Fan. A comprehensive look at today's National Football League action with your hosts, Mike Lynch and Rashad Taylor. You all know what you have to do. Remember, no one, and I mean no one, comes into our house and pushes us around. This is Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Happy Sunday morning,
1: everybody. It is football Sunday. Mike and Joe with you today on divisional round football Sunday, which is I think my favorite show of the entire year. I love the NFL playoffs and I love doing shows around the NFL playoffs, especially when we're in between two games that finished and two games that go on, or I guess three games that finished now and three games that are coming up. But as was proven last week, Wild card week they eh, can be kind of boring, can be kind of blowouty, especially depending on the matchup. But what we saw yesterday, ooh, now that was some juicy stuff, despite, and I hope that the next two games today are just as juicy.
2: And despite the final score, I mean, you're going into the final seconds of the fourth quarter, 10 to 10, but that game had plenty of drama. And then in the AFC championship game, you're going into the final seconds. 16 to 16 Yep. field goal fest. Yep. But still plenty of drama in that game as well.
1: Yeah, I know. I can't wait to get into that. There's, there's so much to talk about, I think, especially with Cincy and Tennessee and uh you know, a lot of course with, with the Niners and with the Packers and especially the future of Aaron Rodgers there. But since Tennessee was a really fascinating game to me, so uh, I'm excited to get to both of those kind of the way we do it on shows like this is we'll react to the games that happened in the first hour and then we'll get to the games that are coming today in the second hour. So that is what you can look forward to on the show today. And uh, I had to do the, the first ever in my life, at least, um, I have activities that take precedence over football.
2: Ah. <laughs> uh,
1: it was uh, my girlfriend's son's birthday yesterday.
2: Yep, learning that dad life, which there. is maybe the worst
1: timed birthday of all time because it will always be on the week of the playoffs. However, it will not always be on a weekend, which True. is good. But that means that every like 4 or 5 years <laughs> there's going to be a birthday that's blocking NFL playoffs. Damn it. <laughs> so, I had to DVR the game, both games actually. Um, and, and watch them later. And I had trouble watching the one because I was at my girlfriend's house. So I have Xfinity and they do the in-home only. And I was like, oh, I'll be able to watch this, right? I'll just, I'll DVR it at home. And then I'll just open it up on my laptop there and it'll be on the DVR. It'll be different. Uh, no, I couldn't watch it. It still was required to have in, in-home wifi. And it was because I still had it recording. Cause I, I, I put the extender on it, you know, cause the games go long And then I found out like two hours later that I could watch it anyway, because I was just watching Packers Niners live. And I was like, "Ah, I guess I can't watch the DVR. I don't know what I'm going to do. And then I was like, well, okay, Uh, (laughs) I guess I can. But uh, it it was just one of those weird moments that I've never really thought about in my life of. I I couldn't just be like, sorry, I need to watch these because I did (laughs) need to watch them. But it was also like, honey,
2: honey, this is for work. (laughs) But it's his
1: birthday that's the big thing is that if it was like you want to have more of these fun birthdays huh (laughs) it was more like uh if it was just like oh they wanted to go out and do something i might have said i probably got to watch these but because it was his birthday i was like i I need to go with them on his birthday (laughs) i need to be there so it was gonna go
2: have lunch mike okay is there any tvs there by chance is this gonna be at like I, sports well, I, bar I tried or? to avoid
1: it there were there were tvs where we got food and there were even tvs in the place across the window from where we were sitting that was definitely on the Bengals game and uh i just was like really trying to blinder myself <laughs> i did a good job i didn't know what happened i completely avoided it completely
2: mike you've gone to the bathroom eight times already <laughs> and each time has been five to ten minutes at a time <laughs> so look like i just I got I got bubble guts today. Yes. I'm sorry. Something's you know, just, going on. Sometimes know.
1: you just got to sit there for a while meanwhile I've like got it live on my phone like <laughs> blasting got, in the bathroom. <laughs> I've got
2: divisional round fever. I'm I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> I just I love this weekend so much, but it was just it was just a funny. I've never had to worry about that. It was it was more like I built my day around those two games and now it's like I got to I got to fit those games in around the day. Steaming and I kids. assume that most of you out there who have children all of you have have children and most of you out there listening probably can relate to that in some way shape or form
2: yeah most definitely it's uh, happened a few times you know this is uh, definitely the time of year where you know like after this i want to just go home and get ready for that rams buccaneers game but then there's someone who wants to do <laughs> you know kids stuff like play video games go outside play soccer throw the football around make paper planes, do whatever the hell that, you know, kids want to do. Is that
1: someone maybe sitting in the studio with you right now? It's quite possible. (laughs) It's quite possible.
2: Um, But the thing that— The nice
1: thing is the game starts at noon, so we have an hour after we get out of here to go do stuff.
2: Yes, yes, but I got to clean out my desk. I got to do that. Oh, that's right. Yeah, not because I'm fired, but we're literally (laughs) wrecking the place and taking down all the cubicles. I guess. I didn't didn't hear anything about that. Yeah, Um, but how it worked for me growing up and my sisters is my birthday— is it's actually next sunday january 30th happy almost birthday Um, heads up won't be here next sunday (laughs) (laughs) all right i'm pulling a kindergarten move i'm not coming to school on my birthday (laughs) okay um but i have my birthday on the 30th and then i have a sister with a birthday on february 3rd and then a sister with a birthday on february 5th oh so we are wow so you're Your mom was just pumping them out at the same time every year. (laughs) There was something about uh, April, I guess. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know. March, (laughs) April, whatever that nine-month mark is. Um, But, yeah, so we all have it within that week. And growing up, like the first 10 years of my life, that was my birthday always usually fell on Super Bowl weekend. So we would do like a half birthday, half Super Bowl party. Oh, that's kind of on Sunday. I enjoyed it, you know, like a birthday party kind of. It just, around I, I don't football. like share.
1: I don't want to share my birthday. There's like. definitely
2: some Saturdays where we would do my birthday party. Well, what sucked is we would do shared birthday parties with the mm. three of us. That's what we would do. So my that's sister, even, that's even worse. It, trust me. I, I was not happy about it. There's some home videos of me being pretty pissed off about the whole thing transpiring. But is, it, is it like it's
1: like Christmas then again? Because you're all sharing in it, but it's your your birthday. In a sense,
2: yes. Um, So for the first, yeah, like 10 years, they had the Super Bowl on that last weekend of January. And then in like 2002 or three, they moved it back a week. So then it was falling on the first weekend of February. So then my birthday then fell on Pro Bowl weekend. Perfect. And I got my weekend back. Yes. But now... Since the Super Bowl has moved back an- another week, now it's now it's falling on Championship Weekend. Exactly. Yeah. So now I'm back where I started with this whole: well, what do I do? Do I enjoy my my birthday, or do I just sit around watching football?
1: Well, but it's it it's not going to always fall on the Sunday, though.
2: No, but this so that's I the mean, nice thing. This is coincidentally the first year that they do it. It is falling on my birthday. Yes. So. I, w- um, I
1: would say, as an adult, that's the best thing you can win on your birthday because you want to watch those games
2: especially yeah now that you're old when you're a kid you wanted to you know go to bullwinkles or go bowling or do something you know or go to the
1: north clackamas aquatic center like we did yesterday
2: yes very nostalgic (laughs) for that place um but yeah now that you're older it's just like well what are you gonna do for your birthday like nothing i'll (laughs) go get something to eat probably but yeah i'll I'll eat the food i want otherwise leave me alone maybe play some golf i don't know but (laughs) other than that just let me do do nothing just for one day please yeah so, yeah, that's probably what next Sunday is going to be looking like is just to uh, do nothing. I'm going to try and play 18, but well, I know we- you're
1: doing nothing because you're not coming in here.
2: Well, <laughs> hey, golf is not nothing. All right. But the weather right now is not uh, not holding up well. For oh, that. you
1: mean you don't want to golf when it's 30 degrees and everything's iced over? <laughs> no. Oh, okay.
2: No, I'm good. I was thinking about going golf yesterday morning. I was looking Friday at what was available and then I saw it like that Saturday at 7 8 a.m it was still gonna be like 36 degrees and I'm like yeah no that's hard <laughs> pass on that I think yeah. I'll wait a couple more months to Boy, start doing that
1: not not that I've ever golfed in my life and I haven't but you want to get me to never golf is ask me to go with you when it's 35 degrees in the morning. <laughs> no.
2: Well, I got a couple of buddies. Hell no. Like la- last year, I went golfing on my birthday, the Saturday morning. And it, didn- it wasn't bad. It was maybe like 45, you know, a little mist here and there. But me and a buddy went out, and it was fine. More of a typical
1: Oregon January.
2: Yeah, it was actually, yeah, it was passable for a January 30th round. But this this next Sunday is not looking passable. So far, it's not, it's not playing in my favor, so. I don't know, maybe play some simulated golf out at Pebble Beach or something like that. Ooh,
1: this is a very interesting question, and I'll wrap up. This is from one of our texters. I'll wrap up the first segment before we get into uh, Bengals-Titans. Next segment, which NFL fan are you? A, do you still have a dog in the fight? Well, no, neither of us do. Uh, Joe is a Cowboys fan, so he's probably hate watching the playoffs right now, and uh, I'm a Broncos fan, so my team hasn't made the playoffs since, like, 2013. Uh, So that's not it. B, a greatness chaser or a Brady guy? Or C, are you rooting for the new blood or a good story? For me, I'm C. I'm rooting for new blood, good story. I am all in on the Bengals right now. I think it is so fun what they're doing. I think it's awesome that they're doing it after such a long playoff drought and such a long playoff win drought. And I think Joe Burrow is a ton of fun to watch and runs an insanely exciting offense, or I guess Zach Taylor runs the offense, but you know what I mean. Quarterbacks, the offense. I'm I'm having so much fun watching them play, and even more so after yesterday when they they won a gritty game. Like they've been outscoring guys left and right, but they had to win a gritty defense-first field goal fest yesterday, and they did. So uh, I'm all in on the Bengals. Uh, I don't really like root against the greatness. I enjoy watching the really good teams, but I'm rooting for the Bengals. So I'm I'm falling myself into C.
2: Uh, yeah, I usually. I usually fall into the C category in, like, all sports. I'm a big fan of seeing something new, seeing something I haven't seen before because I feel like it's more memorable. Like, I'm always going to remember Georgia winning their national championship. I'm always going to remember the Raptors winning their um, NBA finals. I'm going to remember that Eagles Super Bowl win, Um Of all the Patriots ones and all the Alabama victories, all that, like, the Warriors ones, like, you start to forget, like, wait, who the hell did they play in that second one, that third one that they won, The fourth? What was that It gets repetitive, you know? Is greatness good? Yeah. You could talk about the teams later in life, like, was this the best team ever, but... I like seeing those new, fresh stories where yeah, a team against all odds or nobody thought or was going to win it or you've never seen before. I-, I like that, preferably.
1: Also, this text came in. My son was born on Super Bowl Sunday. Now with the NFL adding another week, it's on the bye week.
2: Uh, see? Bravo. Perfect.
1: Bravo. There you go. And it depends how old your son is, too. If your son's old enough now, like he's a teenager and likes football, then having your birthday on Super Bowl Sunday is pretty cool, yeah. I would imagine, although maybe he wants a party and... Uh, everyone's at the wrong super bowl party i don't know but i feel like that could be a little bit better the older you get if it was on super bowl sunday text lines 503 250 1080 by the way if you'd like to get involved in the show and uh we're going to take a quick break coming up next the Bengals knock off the top seeded titans great game we'll get to it on football sunday on the fan
0: Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. The first of
1: two one seeds to fall yesterday. The Tennessee Titans losing to the Bengals in the divisional round, 19-16. And before we get to the Bengals, I'd like to start with the Titans because... You know, you get a, you get a bye week You're the only team with the bye week and you come into this game as the number one seed in the conference against the lowest left seed left in the American or in the American, in the AFC. I almost said the American league. Um, you know, you're expected to win the game. They were favored. It was, it was a small spread. It was three and a half. Um, but you're expected to come in and win the game. You get Derrick Henry back from his injury. Maybe they brought him back a little bit soon because they knew they needed him. But, uh, you know, this is this is that game that you come in, especially as a Titans team with the last few years has become a really consistently good team in the AFC that you should be able to win against a team who's in the playoffs for the first time in in a long time. Um, For me personally, the entire season, I kind of viewed the Titans as frauds, especially once Derrick Henry was out. You could see it, how reliant they were on him by himself, because Yes, did they get the one seed without him? Of course. I can't deny that they did that. They also did it in an AFC that was uh, certainly weak and all over the place this year. And they did it really ugly. If you watch the Titans play this year without Derrick Henry, it was not a pretty sight. Ryan Tannehill was good most of the time, sometimes had some issues. He, He could certainly win some games with his legs. Julio Jones never played. A.J. Brown was off and on the field and was not anywhere near as good as he's been in the past. Their defense was fine. You know, not, not like amazing, but fine. Their defensive line was very good, obviously, as shown yesterday in in the game. But I always just viewed the Titans as this team is not the one seed. Like, the Chiefs are clearly better than the Titans. The Bills are clearly better than the Titans. They had a pretty easy division, which probably helped them get get some extra wins. But I just never viewed the Titans... As a threat. And, you know, some sometimes you make those predictions, you make those statements, and you're a total idiot. But I, I felt kind of vindicated yesterday watching that. I was like, this team is not good. And, I, or, of course, they're not bad. But this team is not the one seed good. And I just sat there watching. And I was like, the Bengals just look better.
2: No, I agree with you. Um, going into last week, um, or going into this week, rather, I just had the feeling that the Titans were going to kind of show why they were in this position as a one seed. And for a part of the game, they did. I mean, for God's sakes, they had nine sacks. I mean, whether you want to say that's Cincinnati's fault for having a offensive line like Swiss cheese. And they or, had some
1: injury issues on that line, of course.
2: Or you just want to give credit where credit's due. In Tennessee, they have a damn good defense. They were top 10 in both passing and rushing. And they, they've they been good all this, year, all this year on that side of the ball. So kudos to them there. But you're right. It was the other side of the ball that was their downfall. Going up until the fourth quarter yesterday, I actually thought Ryan Tannehill didn't play that terrible of a game. Threw a pick on the first play of the game. You can overcome that. It's still very early. That other interception was just great timing by the uh, defensive back coming off that blitz. Tipped it up in the air yeah. and grabbed it. But you're right there in the red zone, and that happens. If they were in the red zone, they were just outside of it. You you were, you were deep in the territory, so that killed you as far as where that happened. But then that last interception happened, and that set up Cincinnati for the game-winning field goal. And it was like, dude, you can't, okay, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Fool me three times, you're going to lose the this game. Yeah and that's exactly what happened and despite having derrick henry back
1: he didn't look like full derrick henry
2: no no which is unfortunate because even if you don't have a full derrick henry you would think that you could get a pretty solid performance out of him i mean a full derrick henry he's running for like 90 yard touchdowns yeah
1: i think i almost felt like the titans tried too hard to go to henry knowing the situation like he's just coming back off a broken foot it's, to me, it seemed like he may have come back a little bit sooner than he probably should have because they needed him yeah. in this game. Uh, I, you know, I, I don't know the medical background of it. I'm not going to try to pretend like I do. But just from the way they were talking about it, from when the injury happened, it was out for the year. Small chance he's back for the playoffs. Small chance. We get to the end of the year, and the report is they're activating him off IR to test his foot in practice, not he's close to coming back, but we need, we need three weeks to figure out if he's going to be able to play at all. And then he gets activated Friday, the last day he could possibly be activated. So I I just kind of felt like they were really trying to get him to be able to play in the game. Now he didn't necessarily look off. But it just it just felt like he wasn't his full self. Like he was running the football like Derrick Henry runs the football. It didn't look like he was like favoring hit one of his feet or one of his legs or anything. Like I, I don't think they rushed him back to a level where he still had the injury. But I just don't think he was ready to come back yet. And I think they for, focused on him a little bit too much. I forget which drive it was, but there was a drive where they went to him on third and fourth down, and he got stuffed both times. And it was maybe it was second and third down, and he got stuffed both times. But uh, it, it was you don't need to go to Derrick Henry that many times just because you have him back. Like, you've been winning without him. He's there. Use him. But don't focus on him if he's not fully 100% ready to go. And I felt like that was a little bit of a coaching failure on the Titans part because they had him run the ball 20 times. And, you know, you had a couple of other running backs this year that proved themselves to be useful when he was out. I mean, Deontay Foreman had four rushes yesterday and outran Derrick Henry. Yeah, he ripped off
2: that big (laughs) one. the big run. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, you know, it's it. you can use your other guys. You don't need to put 20 rushes right down Derrick Henry's throat in his first game back from a broken foot. I felt like that was kind of game mismanagement from the Titans. And, yeah, I mean, you mentioned Ryan Tannehill. There was some bad luck with those picks for sure. I mean, first play of the game, it was just a good read from the safety. He just cut in front of the route and just got it. Um, yeah, you mentioned the tip the tip drill one, which I think that was just a really good play by the Bengals corner blitzing or safety and, and goes a corner and um, yeah. And then the last one is just, you can't continually give them the ball back, even if it's a little bit of bad luck. Cause the second pick was in the red zone, right. Or in scoring range at least. And then the last pick sets the Bengals up for the win. It's that's kind of where you kind of sit, where you have a guy like Ryan Tannehill. It's kind of similar to, uh, we'll get to this game in a little bit. And I know that the, the Niners won, but it's similar to having like a Jimmy Garoppolo, like Can he win you playoff games? Yeah, he can, for sure. Can he lose you playoff games? Definitely. Like most of the elite quarterbacks, are they going to lose you the playoff game? Maybe one out of every eight times. They might lose it for you if they have a particularly bad game. But, you know, generally speaking, it's not them that's losing you the game. That was a lot on Ryan Tannehill yesterday. It really was. It was like eighty percent Ryan Tannehill's fault.
2: Yeah, I mean he he took shots downfield. He hit A.J. Brown on a few deep passes. Well, he had the
1: one touchdown, which wasn't really a great throw. It was more a great catch. The A.J. Brown <laughs> backwards, like one handed, like uh, it was almost like a briefcase catch. it right. was like, "Oh, going to work."
2: Yeah. So, uh, and that's the thing is, it was that third one where I was just like, "All right, dude, you you can't do this." Like when your star running back is not 100% and this team has to depend on you at least somewhat to try and win you this game, you didn't play your best today. And kudos to the Bengals for, A, stepping up on defense. I mean, they're, they've are they got a decent defense. Their pass defense isn't anything to be, like, impressed by. But yesterday, they showed up, and they made plays when they had to. Uh, the offense, just getting into position to get points on the board. And it was hilarious. Uh, NFL Network, before the game, they were having, like, who are your key players, like, for the game going into yesterday? And Steve Mariucci, he went Evan McPherson. He said that, you know, kickers are people too. And he said (laughs) that he was going to be a key player for this game. And Well, yeah, let's let's get to that next, because I want to
1: focus on the Bengals' next segment. And that's – you kind of took the words right out of my mouth, because I wanted to start with Evan McPherson. (laughs) He's a rookie kicker. Dude. It's amazing what he did. But – we got this text, 503-250-280. We'll wrap up the segment with this. The Titans aren't a great team, but counterpoint, if their quarterback is even average, they win that game handily. Well, I guess you could argue Tannehill played average minus the interceptions, right? He had the nice touchdown pass. It's fine, right? He threw for over 200 yards, pretty decent completion percentage. It was a pretty average game, but yeah, those picks. Those picks, for sure. Um, all right. Oh, and this text says, Foreman looked better than Henry. Should have given him a few more looks. Yeah. I mean, he's been playing all year,
2: and, he definitely, and he's been healthy. Yeah, it looks like he had more burst on him, so yeah, change of pace.
1: And th- that's the thing with Derrick Henry is Derrick Henry gets stronger as he gets later in the season, later in games because he wears guys down. But it's almost like when you come back from an injury, it's week one for Derrick Henry, and Derrick Henry, generally speaking, will he'll be good, and then he'll become like completely unstoppable as you go down the schedule guys are getting tired and he just doesn't get tired but he wasn't at that level yet and i think that's that's part of the problem with what the titans did for sure but hey nine sacks incredible incredible for them Bengals though got the win i want to start with evan mcpherson the rookie kicker who is nails we'll get to that next first joe sports (laughs)
0: Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan.
1: This Mike and Joe today here on Divisional Round Sunday. We will get to the games today in our number two. but We are uh, wrapping up our discussion of the Bengals-Titans game with a little Cincy talk here focusing on the Titans last segment. I want to start with Devin McPherson, the rookie kicker for, for the Bengals. He's been really, really good this year. And it's amazing how much things change when you find your kicker. Like, there are so many teams in the NFL. I almost feel like there are more teams than not that have no earthly idea when their kicker is going to hit or miss a field goal. Like, there's probably – I look, I'm not going to pretend like I follow kickers all that, that often, but maybe like 10 teams who feel like they trust their kicker in any situation, maybe 10 – And I think the Bengals are that team now. I mean, as a rookie, he hit 84% of his field goals, 95% of his extra points, had a long of 58 yards as a rookie, and was perfect yesterday. Four for four and uh, hit a 54-yarder in the game yesterday and hit the game-winning field goal in the game yesterday in his first-ever playoff game for a team that desperately wanted to get into that conference championship game for the first time in however long it was i just was super impressed by him because as a rookie you don't you don't see that that often
2: did you see his quote that he had no so apparently before he went and kicked the game-winning field goal he uh i think he walked up to joe burrow before he headed out to the field and he says well looks like we're going to the afc championship game
1: (laughs) wow (laughs) wow Balls. Talk about confidence onions. Holy cow.
2: Yeah, I think he's because
1: th- <laughs> like players hate kickers. Yeah, I wonder if Burrow is like shut up,
2: dude. <laughs> yeah, just looking at him just bug eyed as he's walking on the field. Like I can't believe he just said that. <laughs> but way to back it up. I think this year he was three and zero in game winning field goals. Yep. Um, he did have a chance to take the lead or beat the Packers earlier this year in their game. And it was hilarious because he kicked it and thought it was going in and turned his back and started celebrating with his teammates. And then the ball ended up, like, hooking left and not Oh, I remember (laughs) that.
1: I remember that. It looked good. Yeah. And then the wind was like, nah, you're going over here (laughs) now. Exactly.
2: But, yeah, no, he's been great all year. I think they've –
1: He also, by the way, went four for four against Vegas last week. So, eight for eight in the playoffs in his first ever playoff. It's
2: amazing. Yeah, especially as a rookie, just to step up and – Again, the, nobody cares about the kicker until they need you, mm-hmm. and he is stepping up big time. Um, and I think I said yesterday or in the last segment, yeah, about Steve Mariucci saying that he was going to be a key player for them, and damn sure he was, and he made all of them, and that was impressive, especially uh, well, I think he had uh, one of them from 54 or Yeah, 52. it was 54. I yeah. mean, yeah, just – great performance, MVP of the game. You should probably, you could probably say, Oh,
1: I would say for certain.
2: I mean, give him a game ball. Joe Burrow
1: played great. Of course, he didn't throw any touchdowns, which probably would hurt his game MVP candidacy, but he he threw for 350 yards. Um, look, the Bengals just looked better than the Titans yesterday. And I, I think in, in basically every facet of the game, they look better than the Titans yesterday. Joe Burrow is amazing considering that he got sacked nine times and still was able to go 28 of 37 for 348 yards. That's incredible. Um, Joe Mixon was pretty much contained in the game, but he did have a couple of big plays, uh, including uh, on, on, in the screen game as well. That's kind of where he had most of his explosive plays. And Jamar Chase, again, is incredible. I mean, the, the crazy thing about Chase is you kind of view him this year as deep threat only because of the amount of times you've seen Burrow just launch it to him and he gets like a 60-yard catch. But the play of the game yesterday was him getting the 60-yard catch on a screen pass. He caught the wide receiver screen, juked the corner out of his shoes, and just bolted down the field and got them into, into field goal range again. And it's not just that he's fast. It's that he's just really, really good at every facet of being a wide receiver. He's, he's a top receiver in the game as a rookie. That's crazy. So I guess we should give the Bengals some credit for drafting really well for the last few years because really think about it. You go out and get Joe Burrow number one overall three years ago now. Boy, is that three years ago now? He yeah, had the year where he was injured.
2: Well, last year was his rookie year. So. Well, oh, was that last year? Yeah. yeah.
1: I thought it was two years ago. Okay, so two years ago. You get Joe Burrow with the number one overall pick, which, you know, I, I, some, I think I was kind of saying this is maybe a little bit risky because he's only had one good year in college. You know, it's it's kind of a nerve-wracking thing to take a guy based on one good year. You take Jamar Chase in the first round. You get apparently a great rookie kicker. I mean, good good job drafting Bengals. You got some impact players here that are winning you playoff games all purely based on the draft. And they had a good free agency this year too. And I think they still have a decent amount of money to spend this offseason to kind of build the team up even better. It feels like they're kind of on that up and up to to take over the AFC North. I mean... The Steelers aren't going to be up there, right? Unless they go get one of the big-name quarterbacks. You you think they probably will have a little bit of a a regression with the rookie if they go and draft a guy. Obviously, the Ravens will still be up at the top there. Browns, I I don't know. They're kind of average at this point. I feel like the Bengals are kind of ready and and primed to take that division away from everybody. And I just – I don't know. I, I love watching them play. I love the style of offense that they play. Obviously, they had enough on defense to have an impact yesterday with their three picks. And, uh, you know, Trey Hendrickson had a great year for them. I've mentioned him multiple times. He was a free agent signing from the Saints. I didn't know who he was before the year. Uh, uh, He's a pass rusher. I think they got him for a pretty decent deal, too. And he just wrecked. He had double digit sacks this year for them. Um, I, I'm pulling for the Bengals. As I talked about in the first segment, I fall squarely into the, I'm pulling for the good story or the, the underdog. And, and right now that's Cincy and it's, it's so much fun to watch them play.
2: Yeah. They've been extremely impressive. And I thought that this was a year to get that playoff experience. I saw that, I mean, against the Raiders, you, that was kind of a coin flip, coin flip game for me, just the way that the Raiders had been playing this one year. of the only good games of last week. Yeah, for real. Um, that's what the Raiders had been playing this year. Like, you couldn't count them out of any game, really, it seemed like. Um, they held on late at the end of that one and got the win. Um, I guess that gave them their playoff experience because they, they play against the Titans team who's made the playoffs, what, the last three, four seasons now? Mm-hmm. And they've got guys that know what it takes to win playoff games. And they went and they went to Tennessee and they showed up. And these young guys, they proved that, again, they're gritty. They grinded, they grinded this game out, again, to just lose by or to get nine sacks, your quarterback to get hit that many times, and you guys still pull this game out. I mean, they protected the ball, didn't turn it over besides that one pick, uh, which people were debating whether that was a pick or not by the Titans towards the end of the game.
1: Yeah. Well, because it, it, like, Pirine uh, almost, like, kicked it up, yeah. right?
2: Yeah. So – Just super impressive. I I thought this would be the year that they learn what it takes to try and get better in the playoffs and what it takes and that the future was going to be. The sky was the limit for them after this that, you know, I even said yesterday, I was like, you know, AFC championship game. They'll definitely make one in the future. I was like, I just don't know if it's going to be this year. They proved me wrong. Here we are. It's amazing. Now they're going to have a
1: pretty tough matchup depending on whoever they face, bills or chiefs, but the Bengals are hot and they're playing well and that offense can keep up with anybody. So. You never know. Maybe they'll be able to keep it close in the AFC title yeah, game as well. This
2: is the thing about the NFL playoffs. You kind of end the season feeling good about yourselves, and we're going to get to the other team that won yesterday. Same thing. They ended this season hot. They ended this season playing very, very good football, and they've taken that right into the playoffs, and look where they're at now.
1: Well, let's get to that game, shall we? It was the San Francisco 49ers beating the Green Bay Packers 13-10. to and We'll get to it now.
0: Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Yesterday was the first
1: time that both number one seeds lost in the same divisional round since 2010, I believe it was. That was when the Jets beat the Patriots in, uh, I think that was Mark Sanchez's year, and Green Bay beat Atlanta that year. So both one seeds fell on the same day. Packers lose to the Niners 13 to 10. Packers scored in their very first drive. It was a 69-yard drive. It was capped by an A.J. Dillon touchdown. And then they couldn't do anything on offense after that. And the crazy thing is you can't really blame their offense for losing the game. I don't think I've ever seen... A special teams disaster worse than I saw yesterday from that Packers team. You start with the block field goal. Happens. Mason Crousey hasn't been great this year anyway, but, you know, obviously that's big. You know, imagine if they had had that field goal, it wouldn't be 13 to 10. They would be in <laughs> overtime.
2: Dude, if you can go back and watch that and watch the far left lineman number 95, they snapped the ball and he doesn't even move and then it was like oh and then goes for the outside guy which then just free lane for the inside field goal blocker like
1: didn't the block come from the right side though or was it from the left side
2: i mean if you're looking at green bay the camera angle it was the left side but it was you know oh, okay, flip yeah, yeah. it it's the right okay, side of the Fortnite, but yeah try and find the video because again it's just like He just sits there and is just like, oh, the ball snapped. Oh, I'm supposed to block now. And at that point, he goes for the outside guy, free lane, block. It is ridiculous.
1: So that's where it started. And the comments already happened. Like, well, Packers have one of the worst special teams in the NFL. And here it is, biting them a little bit here. Then they had the blocked punt return for a touchdown, which that was so late in the game. And it was the Niners were doing nothing on offense nothing the Packers weren't doing anything either but the Packers were doing a little bit more than the Niners were it felt like it felt like the Packers should have been up by like three touchdowns at one point in that game based on how many times they got into the red zone or got in at least over the 50 but they blocked the punt it gets blocked so high in the air that nobody knows where it is at all and then Oregon product Talanoa Hofunga. didn't even realize he was on the Niners at this point Uh, picks it up and runs it in two-yard little return touchdown to tie the game and then the kicker of them all which I don't know if it would have mattered they only threw 10 men out there on defense on the field goal the game-winning field goal (laughs) that Robbie Gold kicked the Packers only had 10 guys out there so I know that we like to do this in sports and the you know recency bias and this This is the craziest thing I can remember. This is the worst thing I've ever seen. I honestly don't know of any other time in my life that I have been watching a football game where the special teams unit has collapsed in such a way. And maybe collapse is the wrong word because they've been bad all year. Has affected the team in such a negative way to where if the special teams played at all normally, they they would not have lost that game. They would have kicked the field goal. They would not have had a blocked punt and gotten an immediate touchdown for the Niners who were not scoring by themselves. And maybe they would have blocked the last field goal. Again, that's the least likely of the things to happen, but it's just the craziest thing. It's the game-winning field goal, and you got 10 guys out there. Oh, my God. I just, I was blown away by how bad it was. And that's a NFL playoff one seed whose special teams was that bad. Yeah, it
2: was uh, pretty atrocious, but it, man, it's like, you wish that maybe you know your MVP quarterback, your best quarterback in the league, the offense that's been one of the best, would have maybe put you in a situation where you didn't only have 10 points in the game to begin with and to where the 49ers literally didn't have to score an offensive or defensive touchdown to have this game tied up in the fourth quarter. I mean, you literally played down to your opponent. I know that special teams had a big part in it. But for God's sakes, I mean, you are Aaron Rodgers. It seems like year after year since they are Super Bowl, we're having this conversation that somehow, some way, and most of the time it's not his fault, but they get tripped up. They don't show up when they need to. And it's just, again, 10 points at home, Lambeau Field. You can't say it's the weather. You're used to that. I don't know what happened yesterday for that Packers team, but the offense sure as hell didn't show up. 10 no. points and only... Your only touchdown was on the first drive of the game where everything's scripted and you know exactly what you want to do. So take, give credit to the 49ers defense. Don't give credit to the offense, whatever. But last week I was, I think it was on Wednesday. I was here with Patrick and we decided to talk the playoffs and I said, you can't lose this game. If you're the Packers, like you are the number one seed again, you have home field advantage again, you still have Aaron Rodgers. You've lost to this 40 ers team in your career now, Aaron Rodgers, three times. You're 0-3 in the playoffs against him. Exercise some demons. Show go out there and show why you are in this position. And he didn't.
1: Well, now he falls to 0 4 against the Niners in the playoffs. He's the first ever NFL quarterback to go 0 4 against a single opponent in the playoffs. The weird thing about Rodgers in the game yesterday is it's not like he played poorly, right? Like he didn't have a great Aaron Rodgers game, but it wasn't like he was Ryan Tannehill throwing picks left and right. But what it felt like to me was he just wasn't reading the field very well. Like there was a, a couple of times where they were on third and, you know, third and medium, third and long, and he wasn't even really thrown to the sticks. He was kind of just throwing little, little short, little passes, hoping that his, that his guys can get it across the line themselves. The Anthony Brown special, yeah, a little bit of that. It just, it was weird. It's like I, I was watching it, and I was like, he's not playing badly, but he's just not doing anything. It was just a very like neutral game. And I think the other thing too, and this is something that I, I've said a couple times this year, and I, you know, I, I don't know if this is r- really a, a, a right thing or a true thing, but they really only have like two weapons on that offense. It's Aaron Jones and it's Devonte Adams. That's it. Like, yeah, Dylan's a good running back and he, he's a good one, two punch with Jones, but that's really all they have behind Devonte Adams. You've got Alan Lazard or MVS or whoever, it, whoever it is. They're not that good. So you got one receiver and you have one running back and you've got a quarter, a really good quarterback. Obviously you want that with your team, but we saw it yesterday The offense was 95% Aaron Jones catching the ball. Really? I mean, what did he have? I I closed the box score. What did he have? Like 150 receiving yards yesterday. Um, 129 receiving yards yesterday. He had nine catches for 129. Devontae Adams had nine catches for 90. Nobody else had a catch except for Alan Lazard's one catch, which was a big catch. It was a first down on on a third down throw on a pretty tough throw that Rodgers made as well. That was it. If that's all you have on offense, that's not going to cut it against really good defenses in the playoffs. It's just not. And I, you know, I feel like other teams are just more balanced. The Niners have more weapons than that. The Niners have probably the best weapon in the playoffs in Debo Samuel, just in terms of being able to use them all over the field. You've got a really good running back in Elijah Mitchell, who played really well yesterday. I thought, I know his stats don't look good, but he had some really good, important runs for them. And then you got George Kittle. Who is a great tight end, maybe the best one in the league, you know, argue, arguable with Travis Kelsey. You got three weapons there that you can use, and that's more than, than the Packers had. So, and that's with a quarterback who's nowhere near the level of Aaron
2: Rodgers. And I'm definitely taking uh, IUK over Lazard too. He's, oh, for sure. He stepped up big time the second half of the season.
1: Yeah, I mean, he didn't do anything yesterday, but he was really good in the second half of the season for sure. I mean, that's that's been the problem of the Packers is they just don't have enough on offense. That's why Aaron Rodgers was pleading with the team to draft weapons on offense every single year, and they don't. And I think what you saw yesterday was a bit of the Niners can key on two guys, and that's all they have to worry about. That's it. That's it. And I think that's a huge problem for Green Bay. And I think in the end, inevitably, that is why Aaron Rodgers is leaving this offseason. He did say that he's going to take some time to think about it, but he doesn't want to play for a rebuild. He did say that. So if, if the Packers are going to rebuild, quote, unquote, obviously they would if they don't have Aaron Rodgers, um, then he's going to go somewhere else. I think that basically is him just saying, I'm going somewhere else. He wants to go try to win with a team that has more weapons for him and a team that can give him a chance to win the title. Don't know where that's going to be. I'm sure every every NFL team except for like four is going to want him. So it's, uh, it's going to be an interesting offseason for him. You know, he's certainly off the field this year, didn't make any friends, but you know, if you're just looking at it from the football perspective, he's still Aaron Rodgers. And I'm I'm seeing on social media a lot of Aaron Rodgers' hate today. And I get it. Like he only has one Super Bowl win. He's one of the greatest quarterbacks we've ever seen, and he only has one Super Bowl win, only one Super Bowl appearance. And, you know, he loses in the playoffs constantly. I still think a lot of that is not on Aaron Rodgers. He's still really good.
2: I mean, it's not. If you look at, again, it's just kind of one of those things, like if your team is not playing up to snuff in these games, then be be great and elevate them to a level where you win these games. And he's done that before in the playoffs, but when it matters most in these conference championships games, divisional games, he doesn't pull it out. But if you look at the the past, I mean, last year against Tampa Bay, I, honestly, again, last year against Tampa Bay in that second half, I think Tampa threw like three interceptions, had three turnovers, and Green Bay couldn't do anything about it. They couldn't put points on the board. So, again, I kind of put that on the offensive shoulders. Like, they gave you opportunities. You couldn't show up. But the year before that, 2019, you lose to San Francisco. They put up 37 points. <laughs> You lose to Atlanta the year before that, they put up 44 points. Um, Arizona, that was, I believe, I don't know if that was divisional or conference championship. That was the Carson Palmer year where they lost in overtime, 26-20. Crazy play at the end to Larry Fitzgerald. That yeah. Set him up. Mm-hmm. Um, the Seattle game, the crazy Seattle game that the onside kick. Oh, yeah. Yep. But, again, I'm pretty sure they got in the red zone that game like five times and kicked five field goals, Green Bay. So again, you had plenty. Some of, of that is on Rogers. Yeah, you have plenty of opportunities in that game to put up touchdowns, and he had to settle for field goals. So it's like this mix of in forty-five points in twenty-twelve that they gave up to San Francisco. So you have a lot of times where yeah, your defense did not show up, and he did his part. Yeah, but then you also had moments where it's like, dude, you had opportunities to win this game, and you just didn't push your team. Over the edge to get that victory.
1: Well, I mean that would be the same case as yesterday, then, because the Packers should have been up like twenty-one to three for sure. Should have been, yeah. and and it wasn't. So, Green Bay flames out. Titans flame out. First time since two thousand ten, both top seeds lose. Uh, coming up next, I want to get to the Niners side of it, and then we will get to the games that are happening today. This is Football Sunday on the
2: Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy